From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome back to Startups of the Week, a Chronicle business podcast with me, Trisha Tadani. And me, Alex Wilhelm, Editor-in-Chief of Crunchbase News. So together, each week, we pick a group of startups that are trending on Crunchbase. We're looking for under-the-radar companies that have raised less than $50 million and are based here in the Bay Area. So today we'll tell you about Everlane, who is taking online commerce offline, Boomerang Commerce, which is changing the pricing game, and Orchid Labs for a weekly dose of what is crypto. Let's get into it. Welcome back to our Startup of the Week series. Um, so we come at you every single week and we tell you about three startups that are trending on Crunchbase. Yes. Tell you a, bit, a little bit about, about why they matter and how they fit into the grand scheme of things. So to well, be, This is a special episode. Yes. Though. Oh, I forgot to do this. The, we're doing things a little bit uh, differently this week because of the holiday. Things are a little messed up. Um, usually what we do is we publish a piece and then we talk about it um, on Tuesdays, but the piece hasn't been published yet, so this is a special preview of what will be coming out on Monday. So if you read the Monday paper in the business section, yes. we'll be there, but we are teasing. Yes, this is a teaser. Yes. More um, goodies to come. Yes. So before we begin, do you want to tell us, like we do every week, of how we choose the companies? Can I get like a board just to hold up <laughs> like the five categories? Um, as everyone knows, he watches this. We look for companies that have raised less than $50 million, that are based here in the Bay Area, that haven't raised money in the last month, that haven't been acquired. And I think there's one other thing that I'm always forgetting. Bay Area-based. Bay Area-based. And then we rank them all by trend score, which is essentially how popular they are on the Crunchbase platform. Mm-hmm. We are looking for the companies that are coming next. Not your Ubers, your Airbnbs, but your next Ubers and Airbnbs. And that leads us off the beaten path and directly to... A company called Everlane, which if you are a avid online shopper like I am, um, because you're too lazy to go to the mall, um, that you, you might have heard of this one. So, But Everlane, it is an online-only clothing brand that is trending this week because it is going not online only. So they were online only, and now they're, they're going, going offline. Like, eh, yeah. we're going to do both. Right. Okay. Um, this is very interesting, as we were talking about before the show, because it's like the antithesis of what you would expect um for what for what you would expect to happen in today's retail environment, where a bunch of stores... Just last week, we were talking about how Macy's, Lord & Taylor, these big retailers are shutting down a bunch of stores because they just can't people can't get people like me um, to get off their computers and actually go to the store. If they put computers in the stores, would you go and like type and then look around and then type some more? Would that be okay? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, what, <laughs> for, for people like me who are not avid online shoppers mm-hmm. and are instead unfashionable and also lazy... Uh, what is Everlane? Just to, what does it sell? Yeah, like, so cater towards Everlane. It, they have really simple, like chic clothes. Um, they're I'm wearing a pair of their shoes right now. Um, they sell really. I mean, I do. I should I do this? I think you have yeah, to show them, yeah. I, yeah, they're comfortable. Um, they're Pope shoes. The Pope wears. Yeah, or the old no, Pope used super, to wear the red, the red slippers. They're super in. All right, right now. Um, anyway, so they started by selling this one t-shirt that was $15. Um, and they have this whole, um, motto of radical transparency where the t-shirt was seven fifty, and then on the website they outlined why they were charging $15. Oh, I do recall it. this. Yeah. So I think oh, that man. in, you know, that idea just kind of stuck and it had good, 
marketing. It had a nice feeling behind it. And the quality was good that yes. all of a sudden it grew in this thing where now they sell... It's actually a lot more expensive now where they sell like nice cashmere sweaters and now all that stuff. Do they still break down the prices in the same way? Like I didn't look. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Here's the markup, $400. Yeah. So anyways, but what makes this so interesting is that when they were founded, the CEO was so adamant that they wouldn't open up um, physical retail stores. Um, he told the New York Times a couple of years ago, quote, we are going to shut the company down before we go into physical retail. <laughs> but now, like we said, they're trending this week because they're opening, uh, they announced that they're opening up a store in New York and San Francisco, both very expensive cities. Yeah, those are the two probably highest cost per square yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. in the U.S. when it comes to retail space. Right. Um, but we're seeing other companies do this. Amazon has launched, I think, physical stores and also Amazon books bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing, uh, and then in the other direction, Walmart buying jets. So we're right. seeing online go offline, offline go online. Yeah. So, and and then also um, Amazon bought Whole Foods, which is another kind of offline online right. tie-up. So how do we make sense of all of this? I, mean, I think but... it's hard to tell now because things are still so inflated. Right. There's still so much money sloshing around. People are trying a lot of ideas. But how many of these ideas will last six months after a correction? Yeah. That's what I'm not sure about. Right, right. And, and it's interesting. I mean, even as someone I know before I was saying I'd like to shop online, but at the end of the day, like if it is convenient to go to a store, I mean, it's so nice to be able to like touch the thing before you buy it. I mean, I could yeah. try these shoes on and I knew what size I was and then, but it wasn't, um, so they had a pop-up in San Francisco. So they've been, Everline has been experimenting with this idea and I guess okay. it's gone well and they want to expand but i mean at the end of the day it's nice to be able to touch what you buy before you buy it how but... long can a pop-up store last until it's no longer a pop-up it's just like it's there. just a store it's a i store. don't know that's a good question i feel like they're just doing pop-up stores they just don't close it's like yeah. a food truck you don't drive yeah they're also true. known as a restaurant yeah well we'll investigate that for next week but now <laughs> we need to move on um so our next one this actually blends really well into what we were talking about um it's another company called boomerang commerce Yes. Um, do you want to explain what they are, and then I'll talk about why so Boomerang, they're trending? Yeah, sure. Boomerang Commerce is a uh, SaaS product that deals with pricing. So mm-hmm. one advantage that a lot of uh, major online uh, retailers have, like Amazon, is the ability to quickly change their prices to react to market demand and also probably to take in other data points like other prices around the internet. Mm-hmm. So Amazon can change its prices like that and uh, essentially always be competitive or as uncompetitive as it wants to be in certain areas. Now, if you're a smaller retailer, you probably don't have five to seven trillion engineers around to help build that for you. Right. So as far as I understand it, this company allows you to have cool pricing capabilities mm-hmm. without actually buying the team. You just buy the product. Right. Interesting. So so they're trending this week um, because they put out this study that um, said that small online-only merchants that sell unique products um, like it, like in Everlane, um, are actually doing better uh, during this holiday season than other like big box retailers like Best Buy mm-hmm. um, and Macy's online. Because what's happening is that um, you know, and if you're selling like some headphones on Best Buy, they found that Amazon it's just offering it cheaper, and more people are buying it on Amazon. Where yeah. like a store like Everlane, you can only find Everlane products on. Ah, so if there's only one place to go, people are more willing to go and maybe right. pay a slightly higher price than yeah. if it's available everywhere and Amazon can just undercut. Right, right. So, interesting. I like that. And uh, it's a small caveat. This, it seems to feed a bit into the Shopify model. Yes, So, right. Shopify is a Canadian company that went public, uh, I think, in 2016. Mm-hmm. They've done very well since, and they essentially enable uh, small to mid-size e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And so, that trend you mentioned fits well into mm. that narrative because they've been doing 
they've been growing very quickly. Right. So I presume that we're actually seeing a decent mid-tier e-commerce uh, market, which is really encouraging for you and I because we don't just want Amazon. Right, right. Because that would be incredible. So, yeah. So. Um, so now that we've been talking about retail for a while, let's talk about not retail. Um, so the next, it's a great transition. transition. Segue for the ages. Um, so the next one is a company called Orchid Labs. Um, yes. and so they're trending this week because I'm sure you've all heard about the net neutrality debate. Um, they're really active in that. But before we get into that, do you want to tell us what Orchid Labs is? So what if I use the blockchain to get around censorship? I'm, you're going to lose me, but yeah, you, can, so you can try. And maybe some of our this viewers. Is gonna be, this is going to be a little bit, a little bit difficult to explain. So we'll kind of yeah. back up and use an analogy. Okay. So there was an ICO, an initial coin offering, a few months ago called Filecoin. Okay. And you mine Filecoin by opening up your open storage space on your computer and for sharing that space with the protocol, you get coins that you can either sell for money mm-hmm. or use to purchase space on the network. This is kind of a similar idea so far as we understand it, but what you do is, is you open up your bandwidth. So let's say you go to bed and you have a killer fast internet connection. You can, again, as far as we understand this, it's crypto, it's changing. Um, you <laughs> effectively mine the token or mine the, the reward by providing open bandwidth. And that is used to help people around the world who have filtered internet or perhaps just restricted access in general to go about the internet unencumbered because mm-hmm. we're pretty accustomed to here in the United States having open internet. Right. But go to China and try to log on to Twitter. And you can't. Can't. Yeah. So this is one of the few times in which we're actually seeing a crypto project that isn't just a pie-in-the-sky, get-rich-quick scheme for nerds. It may actually have some cool underpinnings to help people around the world access information more freely, uh-huh. which we like. And that's just fun. You know, it's cool to see blockchain tech actually end up deployed in a more mm-hmm. know, realistic setting. Right. You know, this is still pretty far out. You this called is... it a more human setting, a more human use of it. It's more human impactful. Yeah. You know, it's not just math and servers and mining and charts like this can actually help people who can't get the real scoop right. access to that information and right. as, as a journalist and a, the only thing I've ever been paid to do really is write online yeah. that you know that's right. kind of right on my alley so I'm in favor of it it's cool it's complex check it out if you're a crypto fan and you can dive into all the details on the tubes yeah anyways um, that's all we have for this week we will be off next week because Alex will not be here I will not um, <laughs> unapologetic about it um, anyway, so this piece, um, the startups that we talked about this week will be in the piece that's coming out Monday. So check it out, um, and we will see you in two weeks. See ya. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com and crunchbase.news. I'm Trisha Thadani. And I'm Alex Wilhelm. And this is Startups of the Week. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz, our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper, and our producers are Peter Hartlob, Brittany Shell, and Claire Varelos. The music you just heard is Botfest by Alex Vaughn. If you like what you heard, good news, there's more! Listen to Chronicle Podcasts and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com slash podcast or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.